Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to episode 53 of the Barbershop Window Podcast here on this Sunday night, March 8th, I believe it is. That's how, that's how off I am with the days. Uh, we are here again, uh, Chris Vigilante, along with my two co-hosts, uh, Rob Zanzanator and Shane. Hello, Rob. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm well. Hello, Shane. Hey, guys. Okay, we were all together at the beginning of the show for a change. This is this is awesome for me, and it's and it's a good thing too. I'm going to rely on you two gentlemen heavily tonight because I am thoroughly unprepared to to speak about pretty much everything tonight. So I'm going to rely heavily on you two. But before we before we get into I guess, the news of the week, how how are you, gentlemen? How's how's life? Shane, you want to take this one? Um, nothing. I'm very busy. Candle on both ends. Uh, trying to, you know, fall asleep and wake up in the American dream. But that's me. I still have time to watch Mumford and Sons videos on YouTube, though. That, uh, Idris Elba is a quite an actor. How are you, Chris? Oh, my life is in shambles. Hard no, times? It's not so bad. No, no, it's not, like it's not so bad. I'm just... Yeah, hard times, baby. But no, it's fine. Everything's cool. Uh, you know, working, all that, all that good stuff. Uh, started to see a new lady recently. That's cool. As uh-huh. Rob, as Rob knows, I'm in the beginning of a divorce, so that's awesome. Going well, awesomely. Happy to hear that. Yep. Good to hear. So how, how, how are you, Rob? How's the Sunshine State? It's a little cloudy this weekend. Um. But I'll actually be that, in Miami on a Wednesday. No, Tuesday into Wednesday. Are we going to do a uh, podcast from the Riviera Suites? Uh, that's where I'll be staying, ironically. The only place to stay in Miami Beach. Yeah, Shane, I invite Shane to stay in my place, um, which is across the street, basically, from the Riviera Suites. But... <laughs> Shane chooses to stay at the Riviera Suites. Yeah. So it looks like uh, we have a special uh, guest joining us uh, today. Uh, if I'm not mistaken oh, about the number. Uh, a, fr- a, a good friend of mine and a friend of the show. Uh, it looks like our friend Paul is on the line. Paul, are you there? Uh, I am there. How are you? How is everybody today? <laughs> Very Thank good. you for having well, me on. Man, I appreciate it. I'm sure that won't be a clusterfuck. <laughs> you know, good, Paul. Welcome to have you. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, what's the topic du jour? <laughs> uh, we haven't gotten into that yet. So, uh, Rob, is there anything you want to uh, start off with? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the floor. 
sure. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know. I'm sure you guys have probably already seen it. Um, the, my, my name is Paul Heyman, special on the WWE Network. Uh, I started watching it. I'm kind of only like 15, 20 minutes into it, but I think it's pretty good. Um, I wanted to talk about his comments on Raw um, about Brock Lesnar. And uh, obviously the situation we talked about last week about main event and whether or not he'll be staying and his comments and leading into a larger discussion you know, touch upon later on in the show uh, that's how meta uh, last week's Raw was. It's a lot of self-awareness, a lot of uh, you know, pointing out uh, internet issues. Um, so what did you guys think of that, uh, Shane? I think we lost Shane. Uh, sorry, I had I was had it on mute because I have consideration for the listener who doesn't want to hear me take out my garbage. Um, but I <laughs> think that uh, uh, no, I think that Brock was. I I don't think he's. I don't know. I guess the plot thickens a little bit as he showed up at the UFC event. Um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it just sort of like it is what it is. I, I, I still am under this, I guess, weird opinion now that a lot of people don't have that he's not going back to the UFC. If anything, he's just using it as a bargaining chip and positioning to get a better contract with the WWE. I think it would be pretty stupid if he went back to the UFC to put himself in that much jeopardy, especially when he can com- um, completely manage any type of deal for limited appearances and limited house shows with the WWE. I mean, life would be good, but who really knows what his motivations would be. I think we're going to see a little more of, apparently there's a lot of dirt sheets and a lot of different reports about what happened that day. But I think, and just from what I read and, and, um, just from what I know in terms of backgrounds about his uh, situation with the company, I think the main dispute was about the network um, eating into pay-per-view cuts for the the, the performers, um, and a, a noteworthy and reasonable like thing to be angry about. Um, and if we can get like if the outcome of uh, of Brock walking out on Raw is to get a promo like that that we saw on the week on the next week from Paul Heyman every week. I hope Brock walks out on every raw that he's he's scheduled to appear in from now until the end of his life. Um Yeah, I heard I heard something along the lines that it was possible that he had informed Vince that he was planning on going to the pay per view at Raw and, and Vince told him he couldn't. So that's going to be one of the reasons why he walked out. He didn't want someone controlling him and telling him what he can and can't do. But related to that, and to segue on, and I'll I'll ask uh, Chris and Paul what they think, did you guys catch the opening promo uh, with Rollins and Reigns in the ring where Reigns said, you think he could beat me and Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match for me? Did anyone not catch that? Yeah, no, I, I, that was actually something that I was thinking of just in case something happens with, uh, you know, Brock. Uh, that he, uh, He's not going to no-show because he, 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 that's just causing more liability on him, you know. But, you know, the type of match that he might put on, you know, you, you think of Goldberg, the Goldberg match at WrestleMania 20. But, 
I, I think there's a great chance, and especially the Rollins has been extremely hot lately. Uh, well, the thing with John Stewart, um, you know, his, his name and his face is out there, and you know the company likes to push the people whose names and faces are out there. His so Rollins, is also out there. I was actually just about to say that as well. You know, you know, hopefully, the, you know, that they're, they're going to try to bury that one too. But it, it didn't seem like he, he, he got buried because of that. So there is a chance I could see him. If if it's if the plan is going to be Orton and and Rollins, I can see him losing to Orton, and then all of a sudden cashing in, in the main event, either before the match, making it a triple threat, or somewhere maybe even during the match, um, and that could protect somebody like Lesnar, uh, and 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 Reigns if Lesnar somehow retains, which I, I doubt. That's, that's a good know. point. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. I never thought about that, Chris. Is it possible for someone to come out in the middle of a championship match and cash in in an other match? I mean, that'd be something new, right? That that maybe, would be something new. Was it, new. No, no one's cashed in at WrestleMania, so we'll see. No, no I'm saying someone no. cashing in while another match is happening. Usually, I, someone I mean, cashes in right be, when a match ends. But could you like in cash theory, in I don't, and join another match? I mean, I don't see why you couldn't. In theory. Uh, I mean, in theory, you know, the, the the briefcase is I can get a title match whenever I please. So, I mean, in theory, I I don't see why you couldn't. I mean, it's kind of it's an interesting question. I don't think they'd ever do that. But um, what if they start off the match and the crowd is hot, like against Lesnar and and Reigns, where they're just starting to boom out the building? You know, that'd be a good like uh, safety valve. Just have Rollins music hit, and then all of a sudden. The crowd's going to turn, you know. It, it's a good plan well, I think, B. I don't, I, I don't think that'll be their main plan, but I think it's a good plan B. <laughs> By definition, isn't Seth Rollins' plan B? True. <laughs> yes. Shane, I, mean, I mean, I think it's a good or Chris, idea. Go ahead. I think, you know, it makes sense to me. Uh, I don't know if they'll do that. I mean, I just don't think. I think I think Vince is going to continue to delude himself into thinking that um, ultimately Reigns is going to is going to get a, a a good reaction. I just don't I just don't think he'll he'll face reality until it happens. Um, and I just don't think. Why, I think why did, are, why did Reigns say that though? Then why did Reigns say that? Please? I think uh, if I had to guess, I I, I think it's more of us. Uh, Planting the seeds of a potential contingency plan in in case Brock just never came back, and and really just like pick up and left, and and didn't show up uh, this Monday, which we'll see. You know, obviously we're going to see what happens on Monday, but I think it's I think it's that I think it's a I think it was that it's a it's kind of the contingency if um if he doesn't show up, we'll just plug Rollins in somehow, but I don't know. I mean, I I take very the thing is. I understand what you're saying. It makes sense, and 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 we as you know, as you know, quote unquote, smart wrestling fans like to think deeper into what's going on. But I also think you're giving creative way too much credit by 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 thinking by saying, well, maybe they're planting the seed of like a, of, of of getting rounds. And I don't think they think that far ahead, dude. They just don't. They, they, they write week to week. That, that's just the way it is. They have a general outline, and like I said maybe Rollins figures in as a contingency somehow. But I just don't think that they're planning it that way. I think you're giving him too much credit. 
Yeah, right. they, they, I, I, I agree with Chris's point of that they, they don't have a long-term plan. I think they do plan week to week, and I, that's that's an issue with their riding, especially around WrestleMania time, where they should, unless, you know, they sh- where they should have set plans for the biggest show of the year. But I think because of what's happening with Lesnar, they have to think on the fly, which is not their strong suit. But it seems like they actually they actually put together a good segment with Reigns and with Rollins and Heyman and all those guys last week, and we'll see what they do this week. Well, see, I want to jump in there because I actually think I actually think the Reigns promo at the beginning of Raw was awful and was back to a similar vein to you know his Looney Tunes um, uh, promos because it's it's like instead of him coming out and doing what they've been doing the past few weeks, which was working better, which is you know short, you know sweet kind of like just badassery. Um, it was more like John Cena-esque, you know, jokey Roman Reigns, like which you know doesn't work, doesn't work, and 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 and, and the guy, look, he, I, I mean, and I think you know, Meltzer, Dave Meltzer said this on his show, or you know, earlier in the week, and it's true. Roman Reigns is literally, uh, in when he's in the main event of WrestleMania, is going to be the least experienced main eventer of WrestleMania ever, as well as the least over person in a, a babyface, especially, in a WrestleMania main event ever. And and, and that is true. I just don't know what, the, I mean, you know, we've, we've said this ad nauseum for weeks, if not months. I just don't see what the rush is. You had an easy story with Daniel Bryan, and you could have just slowly built Reigns till next year. I just don't know what the rush is. Well, I'll touch on it briefly, and Shane, I want your opinion on this. Uh, he, Rollins has been really doing really well, uh, both on the mic and in the ring. Um, and that to be said, I think Reigns improved a little bit also after his match with Daniel Bryan. You know, he, he's changing up a little bit more. We saw him go over the top rope. Uh, I think the the spear to Rollins when Rollins was coming off the top rope uh, again, Rollins sold it really well. I think he's improving in that area. I agree with you as Mike work has kind of always been bad, but the stuttering is kind of getting a little too too common. Shane, what do you think about Rollins and uh, Reigns, but mostly more about Rollins and his uh, future with uh, Orton, as it looks like? Um, I mean, I just think, not to state the, the, the extreme obvious, but Rollins is a star, sort of a... Uh, went past my expectations completely, just in terms of, uh, like, the Shields, probably because I was so infatuated and still am with Dean Ambrose. But Rollins has just been, like, great just on the mic and in the ring. You know, he plays that heel role so well to the point where, once again, like, I can't see – he must have some, like, creative control or at least giving feedback – to the um to their creative team on how a heel should be played reminds me a lot of like the way Ric Flair played a heel. Like I mean when Orton came back at the pay-per-view spot, he was running away. He had his back turned to Orton and was running away, running out of the Coliseum into the parking lot as the number one heel on the show. Like completely scared. Like when's the last time we've seen that? When's the last time we've seen a heel act like a heel like that? 
and not try to, you know, so it, it just means See, I don't think that's a heel. To think I, like, think that, I don't think that's a heel. I think that's a bitch. And, and I think there's a difference. That's a, and, you know, we don't, Think about how much think about how much WWE was criticized, um, uh, especially by you know smart fans when they when they decided to have Sheamus run away from the Nexus when he was a heel champion. That, that's in a on, that's in a face level role. No, no he, this he is completely a, opposite. This is it's completely opposite. This is him. This is him being a swarmy heel that's not like pandering himself to the crowd and trying to win over fans as a face he walks around with like the the security he doesn't you know when he wins he's 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 always cheating in matches when he wins and he you know he doesn't win matches clean well usually after interference by j&j security he shows like no that was completely appropriate in that hero like rick flair like when Rick Rick Flair won the most, what is he seventy times? How come they don't have like LOL Flair wins or anything? Because Flair was always putting guys over. He put like Orton over as a face. They totally ruined it. Now somehow, like two weeks later, nobody cares about Orton. That was a completely great '80s style WWE like heel move, putting over the face, making the face seem strong, running away from Orton. It was it was awesome. And I don't want to see where you're going with that. Like when, yeah, like there's a point of burying somebody. That, I don't, I don't get your point. He, he, there's a point of burying somebody for no reason, like they did with Kane and Zack Ryder. Like Zack Ryder was buried, but this was putting somebody else over. At no, I just augmenting Rollins' great heel role. I just don't think Rollins as the top heel should be. I'm not saying he shouldn't be heel. Obviously, heels kind of you know back up from baby faces big baby faces, but he shouldn't be like tearing ass out of the building, like that kind of, you know, scared of the of the face type thing. I just don't think he should be going that far. No, I thought it was, I don't know. Well, I, mean, were, I think they were building up Orton. I think they were building up Orton and setting the seed for their, you know, obvious WrestleMania match. Uh, related to this, you guys, speaking of heel moves, did you happen to catch on the internet from, uh, I believe it was a house show, Seth Rollins' latest uh, heel antics. Did you guys see the, the, the vine of that by chance? No, I did not. Did what not. is the most... I'm going to ask each one of you real quickly. I just want like a quick answer. Um, rapid fire. What is the most heelish move someone can do? Chris. Um, smack a woman? Paul. The, the low blow. Shane. Light fire to the Coliseum, killing thousands. Uh, Shane's probably closest, but the answer is uh, there's a video of Rollins in the ring with Rusev, and Rollins actually takes the the Russian flag and waves it around. Uh, that's pretty mm. heelish. Have you guys seen that or not? I did not see that. Kind of a throwback to maybe some Sergeant Slaughter. Maybe underrated, underrated. I mean, that guy was getting death threats and stuff. I mean, the height of, you know, a, a war where <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's with your sides, but that's just a side anecdote. But I think I think Rollins reigns uh, on a good match. Um, obviously, uh, I'm sorry, um, Rollins and Orton are on a good match. And I think that uh, Orton, you know, 
costing Reigns the match and helping Rollins win at the end of Raw. Let me see how they, they turn it real quick in the next uh, two weeks. Uh, or three weeks last. And moving on, um, John Cena, everyone's favorite topic. We'll just get this out of the way. Apparently, this is a match. Uh, might be booked out of WrestleMania for the first time ever. Obviously, he'll fight Rusev and probably win. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the, the Cena-Rusev build, uh, Paul? You know, I, I I think they should have done the first Cena-Rusev at WrestleMania. I, 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 no, I, I'm probably stealing Chris's answer, but I, we, we've discussed this, and I sort of agree with it. I think they build up Rusev and get him a cheap win like he won at Fastlane at WrestleMania. And, you know, again, they're going the way of last year where he gets a very hot heel against Bray Wyatt and then just wins at WrestleMania. I think that's going to be the same thing that's going to happen this year where Rusev, where Rusev loses to Cena, loses his streak, maybe loses the U.S. title. The only way that you can end this properly is if Rusev loses by DQ, if Cena wins by disqualification. You know, uh, but... They're, they're trying to put some emphasis on the mid, the, the, the lesser titles, the mid card titles. Um, I just don't I, I don't see I, I don't I don't see what what reason creative is going to give Cena to, that or Rusev to change his mind to give Cena his rematch. And it doesn't make any sense. But we'll see what they do. They got a few weeks left. It'll probably it'll be an entertaining match. But I, right. I you know um it's 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 just one of those John Cena things. <laughs> Chris, tell me what you think about this one of these John Cena things. Okay, I have a couple of points uh, on this, uh, building off uh, what Paul said. I think, and um, I really hope that I'm wrong about this, potentially. Um, I think one way, if you, if, if anyone watched SmackDown uh, on, on last, you know, this week that just passed, I think one way he might get Rusev to agree to the match is by... Uh, have, helping Curtis Axel beat Rusev because if you saw SmackDown, uh, like Curtis Axel cut a promo, basically challenging Rusev. He's like, "I'm coming after you. I'm coming after the U.S. title on Monday." And, and I don't think they officially said it was going to be a title match on Monday, but uh, you know, just a match. Uh, you know, maybe he helps Curtis Axel. I mean, it makes it would it would make sense in a way to get. Rusev pissed enough to agree to have a match with him, but I really hope they don't end up, you know, having his undefeated streak go by the wayside just to like create a story for John Cena to get into this match. Um, as far as the build, That's a good I mean, it's, been, now, yeah. it's been better. Um, I, it's been better since Fastlane because I think, uh, do you know, even though it's been done a lot, I think going the U.S. versus Russia route is a better you know, route to go down than, you know, the John Cena, like, you know, is an old man and, like, my legacy is in danger again, like that kind of stupid storyline again. So I think the build's been better, but I still think, yeah, like what Paul said, I still think the first match should have been at Mania, not at Fastlane. They should have, you know, have rusted just to get a card together for Fastlane. But um, I want to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the, maybe we'll talk about this after. So I'll, you know, so you, uh, Rob and Shane, can talk about you know what we've been talking about already. But I think I want. What did you think of the triple? I'm sorry, Triple H. The Stephanie and Cena promo. I thought it was really odd. I mean, it makes no 
sense. One, it makes no sense because no one, no one's gonna buy that Cena might not be in the in at WrestleMania. So that that's stupid as it is. But she basically, you know, she does she did that thing where you know they to get heel heat bury everyone. Now even I guess Cena's not immune where they spend five minutes just basically running him down, just being you know you're not anything special. This company will be fine with that. I just thought it was really odd. I thought it was almost a veiled shot at Brock Lesnar. Uh, Shane, you, know, for, Shane uh, you could take this for, since I know you love Stephanie's mic work so much. So, Shane, why don't you go ahead and pick um, up? Well, I actually... Re- I Okay, uh, we're so far removed from that Raw, so I don't remember, like, the details of it specifically. She was, I remember the only, way, the only way you're going to fight Rusev is if you make him accept the challenge. He's going to have to accept it. Yeah. But I remember, like, I remember it being, I think, I remember literally thinking that it was one of the most confusing segments I've ever seen in my life, like, on Raw, maybe including, like, all of television. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, like, the motivations and the, the 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 motives and the consequences and everything were so weird. Like, I couldn't follow anything that was going on. Like, the characters just had, like, no consistency. Like, I don't remember all the details of it. I just remember thinking, like, that it was one of the worst segments I've ever seen. Just, like, and probably trying to, like, block it out of my head. Um, I, I only remember so, the look on Cena's face when she said that. It looked like someone had shot his puppy dog. Or, like, like it was just really weird. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, the only way that Rusev's going to... I mean, I, I think it's pretty much... They have to do something with uh, Lana, obviously. But that's going to be... Because, what, Cena's, as the babyface, is going to kidnap Lana or something? Or put well, her in, she's like... Going, she's going to film a movie, so she's going to be off TV uh, for a little while. So maybe... I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, Which is going to be horrible for Rusev, by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they do with Lana, but yeah, it was a weird well, segment. About that promo, because what did you think about that promo? Because like I said, it's just one. Like I said, it makes no sense. Like I said, I thought it was almost veiled shot at Lesnar. It's basically, you know, you're not bigger than this company. We'll be fine without you. It's not, you know, wh- you know, how will WWE get on with John without John Cena? It's more of how will John Cena get on without WWE? That kind of thing. One of the things but, that just, I think, I think why those like why that storyline is just so, like, you know, like, people don't, people are smarter than the WWE really, like, suspect. I have a feeling you're going to steal my point, but I They're doing, they're, like, doing this thing where it's just, like, we're, like, the, like, it's Cena versus the authority in some way. We're seen as, like, the perfect authority figure. Like, they should love Cena. Like, he's... like people buy his merchandise. Like he's 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 a choir boy. Like in the WWE, he's gonna do what anybody says. Like he's the perfect example of what the authority should want for the company. So it's just right, like stupid to create this. He, he 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 brings in the most business. You know, he, he just well, like you said, number one merch shop. But you can't do that because John Cena is not a heel, and you know it's. You know, you can't have, you know, you it would be great if you planted the seeds like, listen, you know, we can do all, you know, they can they can do something where they can turn John Cena, but that's a, that's a conversation I think everyone 
everyone who, who who's been watching wrestling over the past you know five, six, seven, eight years has had with some with another wrestling fan being like, when is John Cena going to turn heel? I don't think we should go down that road right now. But that's the other thing was the the slap in the face to the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. He's like, well, I guess I'll just join the Battle Royal. Stephanie's like, no, 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 not not that you know, it's not that easy either. So, but I, but Chris, I like your point of. Maybe it's a, a veiled shot at Brock Lesnar, which I never thought of. Could be. Sounds plausible. It makes sense, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, it also makes no sense when you think about how this whole promo was based around the idea of WWE doesn't need John Cena. They'll just be fine without him. When a few months ago, when they fired Ziggler and all them, the whole premise was, we're not going to fire Cena because he's too valuable. So there's a consistency and logic for you. Speaking of valuable wrestlers, and on a bit, and I mentioned like the, the self awareness. Shane, what did you think about Cena basically saying that the the Royal the Andre the Giant Memorial um, Jobber uh, Royal um, Battle Royal, like referencing Zack Ryder and or not the Fandango was it Adam Rose? I mean, he basically said that that, that match is for Jobber. Yeah, that's what I said. I thought it was one of the most confusing, weird segments I ever saw. Like, just, I, I mean, almost, you can't even comment on it. Like, where, what are you going to say? Yeah, it was terrible writing. Like, Chris, just, who, who are the Jobbers? Sorry, Josh Chamberlain. Chris, who are the Jobbers that are in that match? Is there anyone that's not a Jobber? Maybe Ryback? I mean, Ryback? I guess you can. Ryback not a jobber, but he's the he he's not even really anything besides you know like maybe maybe a slightly higher mid carder, and he's by far the biggest name in there right now, by 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 a lot by a lot. So they put everybody, everybody else like, in the intercontinental title match. Right. I mean, it's basically built, it's like here are the two matches that are filled with guys that we don't know what to do with. The IC title match is more of here are the higher level mid carders that right. we don't know what to do. While everyone else is like, yeah, the Andre. It should be called the Andre the Jobber Memorial Battle Royal. I like it. I would nail myself with the prices right losing horn, but I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> so, so do we uh, see Axel? Do we see Axel or Mizdow winning the Jobber Battle Royal? They really should give that to like. I mean, you saw when it last year, and you know they played it up. I mean, he was getting a push with that. They definitely had it, you know, become a WrestleMania moment. But this year, it looks like maybe they're just gonna give it to like the, the Spirit Award, you know, to like the guys embrace his role the most. And I think that probably be Miz Dow or I don't know, hey Axel. Well, Miz Dow definitely gonna eliminate the Miz. That's you know that's you know we we have that set up, and they're gonna now they fi- finally after a couple after teasing it for months now. They'll probably fight it like Extreme Rules or something like that. So they have they'll have that match. So Miz uh, Miz will get his WrestleMania moment. I don't think he'll win. Axel might have a chance now. At least what may you know who who will win? It was uh oh, well, Luke Harper's probably. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me let me strike that. Eric Rowan is probably going to be in the Battle Royal. And that's the person who quote unquote stopped Axel from uh you know getting into the uh the, the Royal Rumble. So I don't know if they'll do anything with that. You know, no, that guy's that guy is maybe the biggest jobber of all the bunch. That guy loses in like three seconds now. Yeah. So you know, we'll let's let's see. But but Axel has a chance. Axel Ryback are probably the two biggest two two 
favorites at this point because, uh, you know, Axelmania is trending and running wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Mizdow actually. I think I think they I think they showed last year with Cesaro that they don't really think anything of this battle royal and it, 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 it's unimportant. So you might as well have Mizdow win it because out of all the you know mid to lower mid card acts going on, the Miz Mizdow feud is by far the most entertaining and and the most over. So if you're gonna further that feud, you might as well have Mizdow win the whole thing. Hmm. I think that's move. probably where they should go with it. Shane, I have a question for you. Uh, it's related to UFC. I know you're a big fan. What do you think of WWE Divas matches uh, of late uh, lasting longer than UFC women's matches? Yeah, I mean, uh, on the Divas matches on the main roster? Yeah, I was trying to make a joke about how fast... Uh, your your girlfriend in the UFC knocked out her friend, but that wasn't joint. Yeah. Well, Rob, if you listened to your own show, uh, even though I know you weren't here last week, you would know that we already talked about that last week. I did, I did, I did listen to it. Uh, okay. But but Shane, can we seriously talk about uh, Nick Bella and her her long reign as champion? But it looks like it's Nick Bella uh, or Age and AJ, right? I think yeah, it's going to well, be a, yeah, hey, it's, uh, it's a tag team match. It's going to be a tag, tag match, match probably. Page, page, uh, <laughs> page and AJ. Yeah, my question was directed at Shane. Thank you, Chris. I mean, I like the... Yeah, you know how I feel about the Bellas. I think they're terrible. Um, as evidenced by... I believe there was a, one of the Total Divas show. I don't really watch it, except for some psycho makes like a, uh, um, a YouTube... Uh, edit a cut of just the page moments from Total Divas and post them on YouTube, obviously. So that's what I watch, actually. Um, so I guess, uh, but I don't appreciate like, apparently uh, the Bellas had like a a, a Bella centric episode. It's always like that, and they had like one page oriented episode, and apparently did like better ratings than everything. Um, I just think that you know how I feel about the Bellas, so I don't know why you're giving me this weird question. But I thought that uh, I actually don't mind. Like, um, yeah, I think that I, I'm not a huge fan of of teaming up Paige and AJ, like just for the hell of it. I think they're pretty good, like natural rivals, and I'd like to see them go against each other. But uh, I guess it's just fine. For WrestleMania, it's just fine. Like no one's gonna blow them out of the water. Like we, we're really talking about the NXT women's matches, which are always phenomenal. The Charlotte Sasha match this week was really good. Really high on Sasha. Uh, always liked her a lot, and they should bring Charlotte up soon. Uh, just a very defined roles. You know, she's the pedigree, the natural. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that's how I feel about it. Now, Paul, you're you're number one friend of the show. I need you to mm-hmm. ask a very important question to you. Who is a bigger page mark, uh, Chris or Shane? Or who's more of a psycho about this? <laughs> Don't be swayed by the fact that I'm the person that posts those pages. Well, I, I asked Chris, once again, the question was directed to Paul. Please 
It wasn't. It wasn't speak. answering the question. I was telling him not to be swayed by something. That I was. I was contributing to his answer. Oh, so no, now, I, Paul, please, please, Paul, please include what Chris doesn't want you to be swayed by after you answer the question. I, you know, I, I'm going to tell you know you take that you take you know is you, you take that under advisement. You, you do the just. I think Shane is slightly more, slightly more, not by much. Uh, you know, listening to the show and listening to the you know the segments with the divas and the page segments. I'm going to say Shane slightly. Okay, now what more. did Chris not want you to take into account? Well, those, those, is it his page tattoo? Yes, it's it's it's, it's uh, it was it was the sign that he brought when we went to uh, the, the live event that it was the, the page sign. Oh, I didn't think that we, we need to hear about this. Could you please no, no, describe the page no, sign in detail? No, I'm, I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, but you know, actually, we she was. You know, we 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 went when we went to the live event. You know, it, again, it was it was Nikki Bella. I don't know if Nikki Bella versus Page, and and actually Nikki got the clean win over Page. Uh, but you know, just the You know, we we, we were commenting just. About the, the the general state of the Divas division, and the, what's what's interesting, Chris. I think you, you know you, you actually made the reaction because I think I was getting food at the point. The, the Nikki Bella. Got a <laughs> like huge everyone reaction. else in the arena, Chris yeah. was the only one Nikki, watching the match. No, no. <laughs> but Nick, when when she came out, Nikki when both when Nikki Bella came out, huge reaction from the like a, a, a face reaction from the fans, and the reason why is it's total. It's because of total Divas, and you, and you, you just sort of like. That's well. That's from the male audience, yes. But you know, I, I don't. You know, I, it, it boggles my. You know, it, it, it's a good thing in which it brings people into watching wrestling. But then, you, when you you actually there at the event, it sort of takes it away because you're cheering for the heel. It's like the old WCW Saturday Night when people would be cheering for the wrong people. You know, they'd be cheering for the heel because they didn't know who was who. So now, following I, up on that, you, you mentioned live event. Uh, you just recently went to a live event at the Garden, correct? Correct. Could you give us a little uh, rundown, uh, briefly, about what it was, how it was, how I know Chris, uh, you shared some videos, which Chris was nice enough to uh, pass along. We thank you for that. Yeah. No, I, I um, haven't been to a live event in a while, and you know, I, I, I have to give a shout out to Chris and thank him very much for uh, getting an, having an extra ticket and asking me to go. Uh, but it was it was a good event, you know. They, I, it seems like the talent gets to do a little bit more. When, at the live events and on the house shows, because it's it's just all wrestling. There's no there's no real talking. It was the Hogan Appreciation Night, which uh, which went on for a while, and I think they basically went on maybe a little too long because it gave the main event only about ten minutes, uh, which was Brian and Reigns versus uh, Rollins and Kane. Uh, but you know the Hogan Appreciation Night was really nice. They did you know they had you know they had Flair come out, they had Hall, they had Nash, they had Jimmy Hart. Uh, Triple H was there as well. Uh, you know the house shows. They you know if they, if they give wrestlers time, you could see what they can. You know you could see what they can do. I, I you know one of the one of the matches that you know we got to see Cesaro and Kid go for about twelve twelve minutes against you know Kofi and and uh, Xavier Woods. So you know it was cool, nice cool. yeah. Now speaking one more one more uh, segue uh, live events and you mentioned Cesaro. Um, Chris and Shane, did you guys hear that at a unfortunately non televised NXT live event, uh, there was uh, Cesaro versus uh, Finn Balor? Did you guys hear I about that? Was, I, I thought it was Cesaro against Neville. I thought it was Maybe that was Finn. the first I, one. It was? I thought it was. Uh, was it Neville? I thought for some reason I heard uh, 
Hudson Taylor. Well, they, had two. they had two live events, so the, that might have been the second one. The one, I the, one, the, the, one the second one. I'm talking about the one in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, the state where our number two uh, friend of the show, uh, Phil, uh, comes from. There's a Cleveland show where he fought Vince Devitt, as Shane likes to call it. I heard it was a great match. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't taped. I mean, that if you think about that, that could be, that could headline, you know, in the future. I mean, they have, they have a smart wrestler's uh, fantasy book. That could headline a WrestleMania pay-per-view for sure. Um, Shane, what are your thoughts on uh, Cesaro and Bailey? Yeah, I mean, I wish I Cesaro wasn't, you know, his top priority wasn't uh, working NXT house shows. I wish they it was sort him, of like a main... They call him uh, the final boss of NXT. Like, he's like the last guy. I like that game. Like... Yeah, that that's actually be a great game, the final boss, if you got to beat me. Um, apparently, the way he won, too, was pretty cool. It was an eye rake to a roll-up. Like, basically, poke, uh, old-school heel move, uh, poking thunder the eye, and uh, roll-up for the win. I think it was my brother always references Gorilla Monsoon. He's like... Doesn't matter how strong you are, Thunder the Eye will always get you, you know. Indeed. I heard I heard so, there were several I heard they had a uh like a random uh big show versus Ryback match in there at the oh, NXT shows. Yeah. And then I heard they got like hugely crapped on and like Big Show was getting like please retire chance and things like that, which I wish I could have survived. That would have been yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I can see that. Shane and I were at the infamous Batista Big Show match uh, at the Hammerstein Ballroom where uh, I think the nuclear heat, you know, is just really, really, really bad. Um, segueing to that, I know, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend it, but you three might be able to do it. Uh, last point on live events. Uh, there's some live events in Philadelphia and Toronto. I believe, as well as Brooklyn coming up. Uh, the Brooklyn show is when I might actually be able to that up. Brooklyn was yesterday. I'm talking about SummerSlam. Oh, well, that's that's not yesterday. But there was a house yesterday, <laughs> but continue. That's a couple of days. But, I can, but uh, I, yeah, so yeah. Chris, do you want to touch real real quickly on the New Japan events, which are the events that I would actually really, really want to see, but unfortunately, uh, family first, so... I might not be able to make those yeah. dates, but um, I think well, you and Shane definitely try to. Yeah, well, we, Shane and I talked about this a little bit last week. So, uh, yeah, so New Japan is having the um, three joint shows with with uh, it's Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, one is in Philadelphia, and the other two are in Toronto. Um, from what I understand, actually, Philadelphia is already sold out. And... Uh, which is really, I mean, it's surprising and not surprising. I mean, it's not surprising because it's Philadelphia, but um, it's also a Wednesday night, so, uh, and it's basically a house show. Like, I don't think it's going to be a pay-per-view or an iPay-per-view or anything like that, and that's sold out already, which is uh, which is good. Um, so I guess we're not going to that one unless we can get tickets off StubHub or something like that. Um, the other two shows in Toronto, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's still a discussion as to whether we're going to pay to go up to Toronto uh, to go see a show, but we might. I mean, luckily, I, you know, Paul and I got to go to the the uh, the joint show last year in uh, 
in New York, and that was a, a, a fantastic show. I actually heard um, that this year they're not going to bring over uh, as many bigger names as they did last year. Like I heard Okada might not come over, and um, Nakamura might not come over. So I don't. I, so now, if that's the now, case, now I don't care about missing it. So. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to say for sure because I don't know. But I've heard that rumor. So, and obviously, you know, they haven't announced any talent yet, so we don't know. Uh, we'll have to keep looking for that. But that that rumor by itself kind of gives me pause as to even wanting to buy tickets because if I bought tickets to go to Toronto and then found out those guys weren't there, I would not be a happy camper. Yeah, I mean, um, if I could go and I went to Toronto, I'd go to see Okada and Nakamura. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. would make me go. If they weren't there, I wouldn't go to yeah, Toronto. They had, they had, in our New York show last year, I mean, they had the, the two best matches of the night were the two matches involving those two guys. So, um, so I mean? wouldn't, you know, I, yeah, I feel the same. What was that? Shane, what are your thoughts on SummerSlam coming to uh, Brooklyn and not near you? Yeah, I mean, always like a smarky crowd. It's fun for That's the audience. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I was rewatching again as I normally do, the Royal Rumble main event of uh, Lesnar, Cena, and Rollins. Right? That was wonderful. And uh, how how a crowd like that really affects and makes a match more memorable. I think sometimes the performers almost, you know, feed off it. Because the really good performers kind of react to the crowd a little bit. And I, I think New York crowds are great. I mean, is Brooklyn... The Brooklyn is Brooklyn, is Brooklyn crowd going to be as good as, as a garden crowd? Is, it, is, is there any difference in that, Paul or Chris? Do you guys know? Well, the Barclays Center, uh, the, the, the configuration of it's a little different, but the Brooklyn crowd is the New York crowd. They 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 had a TLC where it was uh, Cena Ziggler was the main event, um, and they and they really they really came out for that one. So, uh, from my from what I've read and what I've heard, the Brooklyn crowds. I actually had not been to a WWE event at the Barclays Center. But yeah, I, re- I regret not going to that match. I think I was, I think I was flying into New York, or I was, I was, I think I was leaving from New York, flying out of New York at like 6 a.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, I didn't want to like, have, I had to go to the airport at like 4 a.m. I didn't want to go to the pay-per-view and then go back in the city and then go to the airport, you know, not sleep. But, yeah. but Chris, have you been to a Barclays event or no? I went to Monday Night Raw there last year. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was the it was one of the Raws right before Mania last year. Um, it was good. It was good there, and I'm looking forward to SummerSlam being there. I can say, uh, without a doubt, that uh, we will be at SummerSlam. Uh, I know Paul and I are definitely going. I assume Shane is going to go with us. Uh, uh, Rob, are you going to make the trek in for that and make it a uh, make it a voyage for all all four of us? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit far in advance for me to, to confirm right now, but I'll definitely make the effort to come up and go. I mean, I plan on it, but I can't finalize plans right now. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's good. It's good to have a big event like SummerSlam uh, be back in you know in this area rather than just some random pay-per-view. It's nice to see it not in L.A. for a change. It's been there for the last five or six years. Right. Um, and we'll complete three out of the four big show, big four pay-per-views for me. I know, Paul, this is the final one that you need to complete Yeah, this the is cycle. the final piece I'm missing, yeah. Because uh, went to the uh, Royal Rumble, uh, I'm sorry, went to the Royal Rumble when Cena won it, uh, the last Survivor Series back in MSG, and of course, WrestleMania 29. So, uh, it'll be nice to have all four pieces, and it's nice to have, as Chris said, you know, 
a big pay-per-view back in you know back in New York. You know, we just had WrestleMania in you know New York in, in New York, New Jersey. But you know, the the indoor the stadium one, something at MSG, something at the Barclays Center, or even in uh, in Jersey. You know, the the New York crowd has you know has a you know comes out for those for these events. So uh, hopefully they put on a good card this year. And it's not the garden, just because apparently they're saying the garden's too expensive, right? Yeah. Yes. That is that um, is correct. Shane, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Shane, what are your thoughts on the intercontinental match at the pay per view, the upper mid card uh, showcase match? What would you Who's, like to see happen? What's that? Right now, I um, think confirmed. It's Andrews Barrett. Uh, the rising R truth. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Ian I actually Ambrose. don't mind the way this uh, is being booked. Um, just because it's a little fun. Like uh, I've made my thoughts known on the podcast before. I've always been a huge fan of R truth. I just like him a lot. I think he's really charismatic and good in the ring. So I'm glad that he's getting some love. Um, I like his stupid like uh, cartoonish stealing of the title. It's pretty funny. Um, I just, you know, I don't mind it at all. I think it's just a fun match um, that I can see the damage it might be doing to the long term, to the IC title, but it's already completely destroyed. In a way, it might be rehabilitating a little bit that they see so many guys are after it, Um, even though it's switching, uh, you know, um, uh, hands every every second. Um, But... I'm surprised at the booking of Wade Barrett, who just seems like, I mean, is there anybody lower than him right now? He's losing, like, every single match in, like, not impressive fashion. Um, But uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't mind the way it's been booked. I think it'll be fun. I think one of the things that um, I was most upset about was my hopes getting up about a uh, Ziggler-Brian main event match. Well, not main event match, uh, mania match. Um, but now they're going to be, they kind of showcased Ziggler at the top of the ladder, holding up the belt, yelling for Brian to come and get it. Um, hopefully those two shine in this match. And if one of those two win, I, I, I'd really like to see, um, if they can't get the main event, uh, mania match, I'd like to see those two feud for the Intercontinental title. I could see them putting the title on Brian. Uh, fans maybe wouldn't, it probably wouldn't be the best move, but I could see them, in their nonsensical booking, doing that to kind of do their what they've been trying to do forever, but haven't been able to do, and that's add prestige to the title. Uh, who do you guys think, um, Paul and Chris? Will what do you think about the match, and what do you think? Who do you think will walk out with the title? Well, Paul, uh, you know, I think that I, I think the match is going to be. I, I think it'll be good. Like you said, it showcases the upper the, the mid card, the upper mid card talent. I, I I agree with you. I think they're going to put the belt on Brian to placate the fans. They get a good, they get a good moment. If not, uh, well, if not Brian, then it'll be Ziggler. My pick is actually going to be Dolph Ziggler. I think they're going to give him another Intercontinental title run. Um, I'm not sure how many that makes for him now, off the top of my head. But it's you know, uh, Barrett. Unfortunately, ho- you know, hopefully they can make him look semi good in this match. But he's you know, they they I just don't think they know what to do with him. Uh, it's a ladder match. It'll be entertaining. There'll be some crazy spots. I think it'll be an, a, a good opening, probably the opening match of WrestleMania to, keep, to, to get the crowd energized. Uh, I think Ziggler and Bryan go for the go for the title, and I think 
Ziggler comes away with it, and that sets up the Ziggler Bryan feud. Chris, any thoughts on Sheamus maybe making an appearance during this match? Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, I, I can see it uh, maybe happening and uh, starting some kind of program with Brian if if they don't um, end up. And I, I can't remember how many matches they kind of have on deck already, so maybe it's not possible depending on how many they have already. But you know, maybe the reason they haven't officially announced Brian for this match is they're still they're looking making it look like that's what they're going to do, and then Sheamus comes and nails him, and then the dude doing a singles match uh, at Mania. I don't know. If, if they don't do that before Mania, I don't see him being in the match. Um, maybe he gets involved. I don't know. But if they're really going to bring him back as a major heel, I mean, do they really want him to get involved in the IC title match? Probably not. So I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. As far as the match, I mean, I agree with uh, Shane. I mean, it's, it's been a fun, you know, a little kind of funny-type build that hasn't been terrible. They're devoting time to it. It's, it's kind of silly as it is that they're all stealing the title. Um, I think match-wise, it's there's a good chance it'll probably be the best match on the card, which is nice that, uh, you know, those guys will be in the best match of the night, but but at the same time, uh, you know, yeah, it's the long term, it's these guys who should be spotlighted at a show like WrestleMania, like Ambrose, Ziggler, and Bryan in particular, who are stuck in this curtain jerker, you know, match for a mid-card title doesn't mean anything, so... So, you know, it is what it is. We'll just have to deal with it. But at least at least I believe, you know, the match itself will be, you know, very very good and and very entertaining. So, you know what I, I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, got your guys' thoughts on, was um, the Jon Stewart appearance on, on Monday Night Raw. I, you know, I'll let you guys, you know, kind of do the, the heavy lifting on it, but I thought it was... I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the best celebrity appearances that they've ever had uh, on Raw. I mean, not only is he a you know, great talker, and he had a great you know promo segment, but it's nice to have a celebrity there who's, one, actually relevant now and isn't like a D-list celebrity and actually clearly knows about the product and can talk intelligently about it and understand and get and, and be able to talk long you know long and well about it and and not just be you know clearly you know memorizing a few bullet you know a couple lines which was you know I really I really enjoyed it I thought you know it was a really good segment and I just want to get uh, you know Paul what do you think about it I agree with you 100 percent and you said it right he he actually cares about the product he likes uh, he likes wrestling you can tell he's a wrestling fan. He has, you know, because of who he is and what he does, he has great delivery. It actually made, it, it, it helped Rollins. It's another thing, to, as I said earlier, it's another thing to help Rollins, another thing to put Rollins in, possibly and throw him out there as a face of the company. So, you know, in, in their actual business sense, not just, you know, storyline-wise, you know, now people can, you know, can recognize Seth Rollins as the guy who went toe-to-toe with uh John Stewart. I thought I thought they actually did a I thought they did a good promo. It wasn't it, it, it wasn't too long. And again, it sets up that Orton uh Rollins uh match at WrestleMania. So it was a good segment. Shane. I think uh I think Rollins did really well. I think you're right that it helped him. Uh he's got the delivery. He's comfortable in front of camera. He knows how to speak. Uh I know Shane is a fan of John Stewart, I think, right? Oh, yeah. I love The Daily Show. I think Jon Stewart is, I mean, just in terms of, like, his entertainment and Hollywood value, like, 
I don't think you can, maybe one of the other late night show peoples or Saturday Night Live as a general, can't think of too many more people that launched many more careers than him in such a short amount of time. Like, uh, but, uh, and uh, obviously he's a fan of the product because his son is. I don't think he's like a natural fan like throughout the years, you know, but he knows the storylines like the back of his hand. Um, he was the best, uh, um, I mean, special guest ever, I mean, you can say. was. It, I don't think that's really debatable. He was just really funny and quick, and he brought up the best in Seth Rollins. I thought that they were going to almost advance the storyline with Jon Stewart there uh, as, like, almost the catalyst when he's talking about how the authority doesn't value him. Like, maybe that will come up later. And Rollins just, his, um, he's perfect. Like, you saw, like, him have that realization there. Then he quickly turned. You know, he stuck true to his heels roots. But he, you saw him acting, like Rollins in general, who uh, responsive to Jon Stewart. Just, uh, yeah, yeah what else Rollins can you say? Is, just a really good good spot. Yeah, Rollins, Rollins is, uh, Timing and facial uh, reactions are pretty good. Uh, really, really good. Um, moving on, did you guys see the vignette about Bray Wyatt coming into possession of the Undertaker's urn? Uh, pretty much all but confirming, I mean, that he's going to have a match with the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And also, I think um, a photo was uh, put on Instagram by the Undertaker's wife of the Undertaker looking out. Uh, with a large amount of weight uh, on his uh, his back, is lifted. What do you think, Chris? Um, I mean, I don't like, I don't know if you know. I probably have the 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 not as popular opinion about this. I'm really not interested in this. <laughs> I'm really not interested in this match. I'm just not. Like I, you know, I said it before. Um, I don't see how this benefits either guy. I think no matter how you play it, it's 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 not a good way to play because either you have the Undertaker lose twice in a row at WrestleMania after being undefeated for so long, which doesn't make sense to me, or you have Bray Wyatt unable to beat a 50-year-old man who can barely move. Uh, so I really don't see any good in this. I, I really think I, I mean I think my opinion would have been different if they hadn't ended the streak last year. And I mean I was of the opinion that with the streak, I I think he should have never lost, but and just retired that way. But I think Mark. I also thought if you were going to end the streak, that should be it. There shouldn't be any more matches after that. So so the fact that he lost last year and now is coming back, I mean, it's, he, it's, it's not the same for me. And I don't, I don't really see the importance or the need for it. And I'm really – and especially if this rumor is true that they're going to keep him off television the whole time and not and only have him show up at Mania for the first time, that, I mean, I just don't – I don't care to see Bray Wyatt cut these promos every week until Mania, and then the Undertaker just shows up in Mania and they have a match. So, so I'm not, I'm not really enthused about it. What do you think, uh, Rob? Well, to, just to counterpoint one of the, your comments, um, I mean, him, this is kind of him giving back too. I mean, he's put who better to put someone over than the Undertaker? Right? I mean, he did it for Brock because I think, from what I've read, that they're friends outside the ring and they get they get along. Uh, maybe, you know, this is a whole storyline thing where if Taker, if Taker's really done, you need your supernatural character, you know, and basically 
uh, why has taken his spot. You know, he could, you know, harness the uh, the spirit of the dead man, and then maybe this puts Wyatt over the edge. You know, maybe this puts him, you know, uh, on, on on pace to try and get his. No one will ever be like the Undertaker, but you know, maybe get a little darker, maybe get a little change the game up a little bit. You know, come out in all black, uh, or maybe kind of you know just get more a little bit more sinister, a little bit even more, you know, dark. Um, I'm sure Shane and Paul have some points on this. Shane? Or Paul? Well, uh, I was going to say this actually would have been perfect for Wyatt. Let's even, even, you know, even if, you know, we had the Undertaker lose, you know, we, we stick the same thing last year, Undertaker loses to Brock. But how about Wyatt beating Cena? Now you have someone who's one to know, even if this is not you know streak versus streak, because that's that's probably wins and losses don't seem important to like the Bray Wyatt character, but you know he can say I, I I'm now two and zero, and one of them is the Undertaker, and now you can sort of build him if you want if the character. Yeah, but he, he didn't beat Tina though. He didn't, unfortunately, but that's what I'm saying. He should have last year. Oh yeah, yeah, you have the guy. <laughs> it would it would, have been, it would make so much better. I actually think you know the, 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 one of the very few people that can carry a solo, pro, like how Heyman is basically carrying Brock Lesnar. How he he's he's the face of that this feud with with Reigns and Lesnar. It's basically him who's talking. Wyatt's the only one who's talking, and he can do it. He's a good talker. It makes you interested to see what he has to say. I, I disagree with Chris, and I, I I don't mind not seeing the Undertaker at all. If even if they do something very quick. Because basically you have one guy who's not saying anything already in Sting uh, with the Sting Triple H match. Uh, unless we hear a promo from Sting maybe the, the the Monday before WrestleMania on the Go Home show. But for the Wyatt-Undertaker match, I, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. So Chris is right that they sort of box themselves in the corner that now, you know, if, if the Undertaker wins, you know, uh, Wyatt can't beat a 50-year-old man. And if Wyatt beats the Undertaker, that might be it for him. But let's see what they do. But uh, I'm still intrigued and see what they see what they're going to do uh, with this with this feud going into WrestleMania. I'm sure the uh, the entrances will be pretty cool. <laughs> the entrances are probably longer than the match. Yeah, I read this <laughs> issue because it's a West Coast uh, event. That yeah. that match will probably have to be later on in the card because of the, the sunlight. Like when the pay per view starts, it will be I guess I four p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, right? yeah. I think even so if, if you weren't on second match, you're still gonna have that issue because the the pay per view is gonna end at uh, what like eight o'clock? Is it eight o'clock California yeah, time? Be, yeah. So yeah. Right. so even if you're on second to last, it would be like you know seven o'clock maybe. It may not be dark at seven o'clock, <laughs> so so it's going to be interesting to see to see what happens. Shane, do you want to chime in on this? Um, in terms of like, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see. Uh, Why did I get the cricket? Go ahead. Go on. I didn't. I didn't I know. Definitely... I didn't think you were answering, so I was hitting you with crickets, <laughs> but it delayed, and then you started talking. I apologize. My bad, everyone. God, shut up. Um, but I like, uh, no, I think it, I, whatever Paul said, whoever that is, he, I think he was pretty much on. Like, um, I think Bray Wyatt's just a really good talker. 
and uh, I don't mind him carrying this match. I want to see something really cheesy. Like somehow, like uh, they transfer over like the power from the urn to the lantern, and there's like smoke trail, like a ghost that goes from the urn to the lantern, and then the lantern like, like, uh, lights on fire, some shit, and like uh, then like there's an apparition that goes up from the lantern and gives like a. Uh, uh, Bray Wyatt the special power and then Bray's eyes go back in his head like he does the Undertaker spot like I want to see something like really incredibly cheesy like that would make me so happy if they did yeah, the that coolest, like showed like coolest, a tra- what I'm looking for is the crab walk and sit up from the Undertaker you know it's going to be a cool injury um, but I just hope it doesn't I didn't go too long. It was a physical style match, punches, and and not too much. I mean, if you think about it, in hindsight, putting the taker, putting taker in the ring with with Lesnar, who's going to be throwing him around the ring, suplexing him over his head, and landing on his head, that probably wasn't the best idea in hindsight. I mean, uh, but yeah, what else? Uh, I think the. Uh, I, I, I hope they go. I hope they go the way Shane said, and they. Kind of like a hell in the cell where you have the apparition in the middle of. Was anything ever asked about that or, or, or followed up nope. with that? Or just, yeah. That's yeah. a big no. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the apparition, right? Maybe it was um, the Undertaker. Maybe it was Paul Bearer or something like that because he stole the urn. <laughs> so yeah, we'll go with that. Explain Why not? Any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think the other big, you know, topic that we need to probably discuss uh, is the Bill DeMott thing. Do you, you guys want to uh, jump into a conversation about that? You want to, Rob, since you're, since you're the clear leader on this uh, episode, do you want to kind of go through what happened and everything, and then we'll comment about it? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, All right. Wait, hold on. Does he sound choppy to everyone else, or is it just me? Yes, yeah. I, I, I didn't hear. What, I didn't hear his response. I think he was okay. known as right. uh, Hugh Morris, and also uh, Hugh Erection. Uh, is that the right name? <laughs> Hugh yeah. Erection. What was his name? Gen- General. Hugh. General. I believe. G- I believe. Yeah. Yeah, general erection or something like that. Yeah, general oh, erection nice. or something like that. Huge erection. Huge, huge, huge erection. Yes, yes. Uh, but he he he, he, made, he uh, rose to the rank of general, from my understanding. Oh. Um, Boom. Yeah, so he was the uh, I guess trainer, in-house trainer at NXT, and was it OVW at first, or was it like Mid South Wrestling? Mid South and OVW, I believe. Yeah, OVW and Mid South. I thought it was Deep South or something like that, right? When Deep South was the uh, was the uh, was the, was WWE's farm system. Yeah, maybe yeah. Deep South, but, yeah, Deep South. Uh, I think he actually got let go and then back a while back. I don't know the history, but apparently for years he's been, you know, uh, kind of the drill sergeant and kind of very uh, saying inappropriate things and and all kinds. Chris, you take this. You know more of the history than I do. All right, sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, he was a trainer uh, previously in Deep South, uh, ultimately got let go, and then rehired to NXT for some ungodly reason. Nobody knows exactly why, but basically the accusations have been flying 
recently that um about you know how basically horrible of a guy that, that you know he is and 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 uh, especially yeah training methods uh with regard to specifically the main things are a lot of verbal abuse with uh you know uh, homophobic and you know racial and other types of slurs going on um a lot of inappropriate jokes and then besides just kind of the verbal uh the physical like a lot of accusations of him uh, purposely kind of trying to hurt guys or or doing things that are very unsafe you know kicking uh Dolph Ziggler's brother for instance in his uh boot in the in his leg boot when he had a broken leg ripping a shirt off of Rusev when he had just had neck surgery uh things like that just a lot of things that I think go beyond well beyond the idea of oh just trying to toughen these kids up and just being a bully and being somebody who is mad that he didn't make it and didn't ever really contribute anything to the business so I'm just going to show what a big man I am by bullying these these young kids but yeah basically you know the they kept mounting all these um these accusations kept mounting and ultimately now he resigned uh, from you know from WWE and uh, Albert uh, is now the head trainer down at NXT. That's the uh, the basic story. So uh, Paul, you want to kick off the conversation? Well, cue the losing horn because I'm going to say this: the, this situation is no laughing matter. So, um, but no, but seriously, the um, I, I think the, the you know the the, the WWE. Thank you. The WWE really, as a publicly traded company, cannot have somebody like Bill DeMott in their company. He, you, you, you said it right. He's, he's just a bully. It's not, it's not just toughening guys up by being hard on them. He's doing things that are unsafe. And you know, you know the word, you know the words, you know the homophobic slurs, you know the uh, the, the racial slurs, bad. But actually, what's worse for especially for wrestling talent is is trying to hurt them. Because this is the the future of the company. You can't have kick. You can't kick uh, the guy uh, Dolph Ziggler's uh, brother's leg when he's in a cast. You can't take off. You can't rip the shirt off when Rusev had the uh, the neck surgery. There's a lot of other things that he did. Uh, slapping. I heard uh, slap people upside the head uh, when they had concussions. These are things that you can't. You know, there's the line that he's crossing, and he's already, he already had one strike. You know, he had those strikes against him when they let him go with Deep South. They brought him back, thinking he might have changed. He didn't. The these things, the uh, these negative things, resurfaced again. And the WWE did the right thing. They probably told him, "Listen, resign now, save some face, or we're going to fire you." And you know, they probably had just cause to fire him. Um, was he? Did did he? Or did he get like an office job? When did you just not uh, resign? You resigned. No, I think it's he's out of company. Full resignation. Yeah. Okay. Full resignation. So. You know, it's, it's you can't just say, oh well, you know, now everybody's too PC, and you know, he he wasn't PC, and that's why he's getting fired. You know, no, he, I think he was a, as Chris used the term, a bully, and so he, you know, and, and it took and took his power and position too far with these with these young rookies, and they they spoke up. You know, I think I think now they they had their voice and they wanted to be heard. You know, they they're getting hurt, they they feel unsafe, and now he's gone. And I think Jason, actually, I think Albert will be a decent trainer as well. Someone who, another big man who can move, but seems to be a little bit more uh, level-headed guy. Rob? Oh, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's no place for that in really any company. Maybe it's kind of a throwback to, um, 
you know, it's a physical sport. I mean, it's 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 a amazing sport. It's physical activity. You know, it's like you, coaches are hard on on people all the time. Of course, there's I mean, the lines are crossed in in pee wee football. And how many times you hear the crazy stories about how coaches treat you know child athletes? You know, so imagine what it's like with adults. You know, I mean. And a lot of stuff, it's, you know, it's, 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 that stuff stays in the locker room and doesn't get out. But nowadays with social media and everything is instantaneous and everything moves on the internet forever. Uh, people, it, it, get, it goes viral and catches steam and people talk about it. It's just one of those things you just can't have. And I, I read some of the that stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's for me, it's like, I, I don't really care too much about it, but from what I read, you know, a lot of inappropriate. Uh, behavior and as Paul touched on, you know, tremendous amount of liability for a public company, um, lawsuits. I mean, deep po- deep pockets. When you're a big company like that, I mean, you can have 20 people sue you, and it's cheaper for you just to pay them to go away and to deal with this. And then the public image of all this kind of stuff is just for for a company that cares so much about being mainstream, uh, going mainstream for all the wrong reasons is something that just hurts any company but hurts a company the WWF which wants something like that as much hurts it even more so so I was no room for that um, he's, he's a throwback you know like when was this guy wrestling this guy was wrestling in the, the 90s right uh, yeah early 90s I'm sure he was at the power plant or, or whatever like that's the way he was trained and a lot of these guys are trained by old school wrestlers so he's probably just doing the same thing that was done to him you know but day and age we're in like you said not much you can do um, Shane, what are your thoughts? You love uh, funny jokes. You're the you're our in-house comedian. He's very humorous. Yeah, I don't know if he's. I mean, I just no. I'm here. Like I hate. I don't know. Like yeah, I obviously like these like corporate bullies. Like, and I guess it's a little more than a corporate bully. It's like this physical thing. I just think it's. Yeah, I think he has absolutely no place in the company. Like, I hate people calling him a throwback. Like, it's just like stupid. When is this? When was this behavior ever appropriate? Like, people like evolve. Like, social circumstances change. Like, a throwback to what? Like, oh, no, I'm saying a throwback to like spray down black people with a fire hose. It's a throwback. Eh, you know, just a. He's an asshole. no, I'm just saying that's the way that he was trained. Yeah, that's still no excuse. Yeah, I was brought up Catholic until then I realized, you know, that's baby boomer bullshit. And, I, you know, I I don't see anything uh, worthwhile about taking directions from, from hysterical kid-touching virgin. I don't – no, that's, there's no excuse. You think critically about your life and make decisions. It's a stupid thing to say. So, I mean, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> well done, Chris. No problem. <laughs> Anytime. So, yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say on the matter is, yeah, I mean, every, I, I kind of touched on a little bit when I started and everyone's kind of focused. Yeah, this guy uh, does not belong here or anywhere else um, as far as wrestling goes. Um, yeah, I agree with Shane. I mean, maybe this kind of stuff was – done prior a little bit more but it's completely unacceptable and it never should have been acceptable and like I said it goes far beyond you know making some jokes you know off color jokes or 
or um, you know, even the, the kind of the homophobic, you know, slurs and things like that. I mean, that probably was a lot more common. It, it, it's the physical stuff. It's 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 hurting people and almost seemingly on purpose. Uh, you know, whether it's like you know we said before, kicking the boot, um, smacking somebody in the head when they had a concussion. Like suppose, apparently, just based on the tweets, it looks like EC3 was one of the people that. Uh, got hit smacked around when he had a concussion. Yeah, he commented that about that when Shane maybe when Jericho made when Jericho made his stupid comment about you know hey uh, my training with the Hearts was you know just as bad. They used to stretch me like crazy. There's a huge difference between being stretched and kind of being uh, having a a very tough camp when it comes to being yeah, taught e- to wrestle EC3. and and being smacked around in the head when you have a concussion. Huge difference. He was a smug, he was very stupid to say that. And uh, you know, E C three, I'm glad, you know, he responded accordingly. Uh, I mean the guy the guy's a piece of garbage. Uh, he he he's a piece of garbage. From like uh, even other stupid stories like just trying to snap the bottom rope to like hit people in the face and stuff like that. Just it's just like why it's it's why it's it it just goes back to an insecure person who never amounted really to anything important in this business and wants to use the little power that he has now to bully young kids and that's what it's about and I'm glad he's gone and I I really don't want to give WWE a pass on this either because one of the things they tout not, I mean well obviously also because they knew that he this guy had his reputation long ago this isn't a new thing regarding him, and one of the things they tout about the Performance Center is that they have a live feed of the entire Performance Center going back to Triple H's office at all times. So if this stuff was going on this routinely, you're going to sit there and tell me that these guys didn't know anything about it? I just don't buy that. I don't buy that. So I don't want to give them a pass on this either. I mean, I'm glad they, they let him go, but, but you know, they obviously have played a, a big factor in it as well. Well, they did the right thing when the pressure was on them. You know, they 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 couldn't right, they couldn't just sit idle. I actually write that you, you're correct. That's not the right word. They, they actually they only acted when the pressure was on them. Right. Know? It's and, easy to do the right I, thing when you when you have the media scrutiny and the pressure. It's you know do the right thing when you don't aren't being forced to because you're getting all this negative attention. Right. And and they should I have. I think no. they actually. I mean, I mean, I actually think they responded. Like fine, I think that you know it was brought up. It sound from what it sounded like, it was brought up one time before, like the acquisition. Actually, I don't know now that I'm catching myself saying that. For, no, no, the narrative. They, they, goes, there was, was other was, issues with Demont. Maybe I think I think it was almost last year, year and a half ago. Whenever Dolph Ziggler's brother was released, whenever that happened, yeah, there was yeah, a lot yeah. of coming out about that, and other wrestlers, other. Other talent that was also released or had had asked for their release no longer in the company had come out and said, "Yeah, this guy's a jerk, and this is what he did." It sort of got swept under the rug at that time, and no one really commented on it. But now it's come back to light again with the, again the, the more accusations, the new accusations, and what what forces everything is that it was current talent now. You know, and and you know that's that's the big thing because you know you could always say oh it's sour grapes from those who had left the company and were released from the company, you know we're not going to take them seriously. They didn't follow. I mean, there was no follow up on it. They just made a complaint. No follow up from the, the people who made the complaint. Now it's there's follow up and there's there's a lot more evidence against them. Indeed. But EC3 had a really great tweet 
because uh, everything ECD, EC3 does is great. But he just mm-hmm. said something to the effect of, Chris, do you remember? He's like, I'll get stretched by a heart any day. But uh, I forget it, but I butchered it. So, but, but, yeah, but, but the reason why yeah, I am emotional no, about no, no. this is because of EC3. <laughs> of course. Of course. You know, you're, you're a huge EC3 mark. So... Oh, wait, I'm sorry, wait, I'm getting a call right now. I think it's Bill DeMott. What do you want to say, Bill? Stop whining. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Paul, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Rob, is there anything else you want to touch on? I was asking Paul if there's anything he wants to touch on. Um, You know, the other, uh, the only thing I was thinking of is just the, and I, I know you guys have touched on the Triple H thing feud, and I think that's the last WrestleMania match that hasn't been talked about at this point. Um, is and the point that I, I always think is, is you have the WCW guy versus the Korea WWE guy, and it looks like that you know I don't know what's going to happen. And maybe I, probably Triple H beats Sting. I'm not you know I'm still I, I see that being a decent match, not not great but decent. But you have the WCW, WCW guy go over the WWE guy. You know, Triple H was in WCW though. Was that? Triple H was in WCW. He was but the guy who but the guy who sort of has made his I know, I'm, I'm so, just you know, I know, that's fine. Same thing like the Undertaker. Listen, me and Mark Callis is you know, you know, he but it's true, you know, you see the fa- you see what who you could almost say is one of the faces of the WWE for the past, you know, twenty years versus the, the face of WCW instinct. And I don't know what uh, you guys I think. don't know uh, how much of a match they're gonna put on since 50, right? Correct. <laughs> so you got uh, two yeah, fingers. 50. Isn't he like 50? He's 50. Like, if Triple H is 45 or something like that, isn't he? Like 55, 56? Yeah, However, but old Triple, Triple, H, H, Triple H is pretty pretty fit. I mean, the guy works out like all day long. Oh, sting, but... oh yeah, no, um, yeah. I think it's going to be more of like a baseball bat versus sledgehammer type. Uh, like theatrical production type match, you know, like with mm-hmm. entrances. I, I don't think it's going to be 20 minute barn burner. Uh, no, no. Leaps off the top rope. Sting, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, what, when he was in TNA, I don't think he was like physically very, like his matches with Jeff Hardy that I saw where Hardy was like, not, not the one where he's messed up, but Sting didn't look, you know, like very super fit, did he? Uh no, I mean, but I, I think he'll, I think it'll be fine. I think it's more about the spectacle, and uh, I think it'll end up being right, right. fine. I think you know, I think I, I think it'll be fine. I I actually don't think it's gonna be like the worst match on the card or anything like that. So, yeah. so I, I think, think both be have been both have been preparing for this match, and I think Sting has prepped himself to know that he's going to come back for one match, and whether he should be he's going to try to be in the best shape of his career. Now whether that Turns out to be make make it a decent match or not. Shane, you want to make right. any last comments about this before we uh, close up shop? I mean, about staying Triple H, I've, I really like the build. I think they're doing it really well. I think Triple H is, I mean, as much as the bad things I say about him, like uh, just in terms of, of not, well, I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but he always does the right thing in the ring, I think. Like he'll he'll 
then, then you know, you have the Booker T and the CM Punk. Like, not always, I guess. But I, I could see him lying down on a, on a story big as this. I'm not sure. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if that's all we got, Paul, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it, was, it was definitely uh, uh, great having you. And uh, to everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Barbershop Window Podcast. You can listen to this and all our past episodes at blogtalkradio.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at IMC Vigilante. Uh, Rob is at Zanzanator. Shane is at ShaneWinter14. And just keep listening, keep supporting the show. Guys, tell people about us, and we will work hard each and every week to try to bring you a, a good show. So um, for uh, Rob and Shane and Paul tonight, uh, good night to you gentlemen, and good night to everyone out there. Good night, guys. Thanks, Paul. Carl, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, and to to play us out is a little uh, mix that I made for our very special friend, Hugh Morris, a.k.a. Bill DeMott. And with that, we will leave you. Good night, everyone. Oh.